Floor behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix it radio. And it is that time. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Charlie Grimes, our engineer, Larry Unger, who's normally answering, is filling in for Dennis Brewster today. Dennis is off doing some things around. His world. His world. Not right. the house, but his world. Let's yeah. just say it that way. So I appreciate Dennis always, and I uh, appreciate y'all listening as well. If you are listening to us on Tuesday also, thank you very much for that. We do appreciate that as well. And you can always ask a question even on a Tuesday with the text line, 307-200-8222. Again, 307-200-8222. Today, call in live, 303 477 Five six zero zero. Any questions you've got for us, we're here to answer. Myself and Larry will do that. And I was going to talk today just because it's that time of the year, although the wind makes it rough to be outside, but spring cleaning is here. Well, and believe it or not, we're losing a lot of tree branches because of the wind. So you it's have awful. to know what to do with them and how to, how to discard them and cut them up and get rid of them. And I'll be glad when this wind is over. Let's just say yes, that. Yes, I'm, I'm very tired. Colorado of native, <laughs> and I've learned to pretty much handle all of our weather here. But there is one thing, Larry, guys, everybody listening, uh, this wind is just, I hate it. It's miserable. If well, I ever had a reason to leave Colorado, it would be the wind. <laughs> I mean that sincerely. I, I have been thinking for the last couple of weeks that I live in Wyoming. Oh, yeah, you guys don't have anything on us right now. No. It's been awful, so... And, and, you know, also a reminder of, to Larry's point, you know, w- you know, do you have things that because of the wind you need to get taken care of? I'm going to put a free plug in here for Dave Hart at RoofMax, mainly because if, you know, with the wind that we've had lately, tree branches, things like that, those yep. are things that can damage a roof, shingles, things along those lines. So Gutters, if, you name yeah, it. Yeah, you name it. <clears throat> so, you know, not only the stuff that falls down in them, but lays on top and so on. So if you have not had Dave out to inspect your roof, I would suggest you do that rather quickly just to find out where you're at. Dave sent me some pictures this morning on a roof he was looking at. Don't know if it's one of our listeners or not. I'm assuming it probably is. It's about a 20-year-old roof, and you would think at 20 years it would look better. I looked at this roof, and you'd think it was 50 years old by looking at it. Dave also sent me, this was very interesting, he must have had an old pack of shingles kicking around somewhere. <laughs> so he sent me an image of the same amount of shingles in one pack of the old shingles from, you know, 20, 25 years ago to a new pack of shingles today. Same amount of shingles. And it's almost twice as thick, the old pack of shingles versus the new pack. It shows you how much less material now is in an actual shingle than what it used to be. Yep. So. <clears throat> exactly. Everything Dave talks about is spot on. And again, if you haven't had Dave out from RoofMax, who, who, by the way, he is a full-service roofing company. Yes, he will do his best to extend the life of your current roof with his product, which in, in general, if it's in good shape, he can get another 5 to 15 years, depending upon the condition of it now. But if you haven't had him out, he can do everything, including some of you that have commercial buildings or even flat roofs on your homes. 
homes, utility buildings, whatever. He can take care of all of that. He is a full-service roofing company. Again, fixitradio.com. Go there. Click on Roof Max. You'll find Dave. And if you've not had him out to do an inspection, I highly recommend you do that pretty quickly. Joe, what's going on, sir? John, I got some uh, spring changeover tips. Let's uh, hear it. One of, these is, one of these is for Dan Muir specifically. <laughs> Number one. Dan, are you listening? <laughs> turn off your furnace humidifier. You don't want it on in the True. spring. Good point. <laughs> and also, while you're doing it, pull if you if you have a whole house humidifier on your hot air furnace, pull the pad, and it's probably caked over with minerals. You probably just want to throw it away and replace it before the f- winter gets here. But you know, Dan has never checked to see if his furnace humidifier was on or off. And if you're if you leave it on all summer, most of your air conditioning energy is spent dehumidifying. It's very right. it's relatively inexpensive to to cool dry air. It's very expensive to dehumidify. Yeah, I was going to say because now that you're back there, where you have a lot more moisture than what we have in the air, what's that like there versus here? Oh, you should see my uh, little condensate pump run on my uh, uh, on my on my. Uh, well, it's on the furnace, but right. that's where the air conditioning coil. God, it runs an incredible the amount of water being pumped out. is just incredible. Now, once I get the house down, you know, cool and dry, it's not bad. But when I first kicked that wow. pump on, it's it's pumping a pint of water every every ten minutes. Wow. I'd say. Wow. Okay, and, so and I'm assuming too that those that live in because we have folks that are listen to us by the way that are in more humid areas you know we've got folks that listen all the way out eastern kansas you know or sorry western kansas eastern colorado nebraska those areas are much more humid as you know joe not like where you are but much more humid than we are here in the the denver area i'm assuming that in those areas you guys don't even dink around with humidifiers on furnaces right yeah you know i don't in the winter time you know if it gets down to you know once it gets down below 15 the air is going to be really dry, and your you know your hardwood floors are going to start to crack, and you're going to feel it on your skin. So, you know, I, I think nowadays you know, whole home humidifiers on hot air furnaces are almost standard equipment. Uh, maybe not twenty, not, not if it's a twenty-year-old furnace, but uh, it's almost it, they're so inexpensive. You know, three hundred bucks to tack one on. Hmm. So anyway, so that's one. And while you're at it, uh, you can pop the lid off that little. Um, a humidifier, give me that little condensate pump tank, about the smaller than a about the size of a cigar box, a little float in there like a toilet float. Open that up, clean it up. You know, there's probably mold and algae and everything else in there. Clean up that little tank hmm. uh, while you're doing it. Good idea. Um, the other thing is is uh, I want to talk about real quick about mulching blades for your lawnmower. I don't know about uh, many, but if you have a, a very rich lawn and you don't have a bag on your riding lawnmower. You might want to consider going to mulching blades on your mower, which is I just did. So last year, uh, I didn't have a mulching bag. I've got a riding lawnmower, mm-hmm. and I was putting out huge hunks of dead, you know, dead cut grass on right. my lawn. And um, so I didn't want to put a bag on, so I went and switched over to mulching blades. And what they do is they cut each blade of grass two or three times into a very, very fine, much finer, you know, uh, and it just goes down, and it helps feed the lawn. So if you do have a rich lawn, if you've got a good sprinkler system and you find yourself cutting grass, consider switching over to, to mulching blades. Um, Always best. Now, now, the other thing, and by the way, great topic that you just brought up. This time of the year, for those of you that may just be cutting grass for the first or second time, 
I know I'm weird. Mine's been cut numerous times now. So I'm all, I have a, a mower, Joe, where I've got two different decks. So I've got a suck-up deck that goes into a big bag assembly on the back. And then I've also got a mulching deck. But to your point, I'll only, I'll only suck at the first couple of mows in the, in the spring. And I'll kind of do that in the fall to kind of get things cleaned up. But then everything goes back to the mulching blade. And, and I'll tell you, folks, that the old... Uh, it's a wives' tale. It's probably the best way for me to say this, Joe, where you know you have to power rake the grass and you know get all of the old stuff out and so on and so forth. The reality is, no, you don't. If the grass is doing what it's supposed to, you get your clippings down small enough to where they get decomposed back in. It's some of the better fertilizer. It's just a re- rejuvenation of what you're doing on an ongoing basis. You'll typically lose use less fertilizer and less water by doing what you're saying, Joe. Exactly, because when you're bagging and taking those clippings away. That's all nutrients. It's all moisture, too. Yeah, moisture and nutrients, and you're hauling it away. You're going to have to replace it. Yep. Um, so that's why I would recommend, uh, first of all, if I had a choice between a bagger and a mulcher, I'd do the mulcher. Of course. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and even, even though, you know, I'm just lucky I've got a mower where I can do both, but not all riding mowers, and, you know, and even push mowers are made that way. If you have your choice and you're looking at the lineup of mowers, you know, yeah, get get one that just mulches. You don't you don't really need to to pick up anymore. Well, and even if you got a standard deck like I did, it's not a big deal to just order a set of mulching blades and swap them out. True. Uh, so true. You know, but but those of you listening, if you're buying a new mower, they do make the decks differently now for the mulching decks versus just doing a regular mulching blade. You can do what Joe's doing, but if you have the choice, go ahead and buy the regular actual mulching mower. Typically, they'll have. Uh, you know, depending upon the deck, either two blades or if it's a wider deck like I have, Joe, there'll be four blades. I've got, yeah, I've got three on mine. I've got a 54-inch deck with three blades. Right. So typically, and this is something for you, well, you probably can't go to the dual blade on that. You probably don't have enough spindle height to do that, do you? No, I don't. I don't. So, and, and for those of you listening, the way they do that in a mulching blade is they put... Let me try to explain this correctly, Joe, but it looks like a regular blade other than it's got more lift to it, and they'll put notches in the backside of the blade to allow the air movement through to throw those blades back down again, those clippings, I should say, back down again so they're recut. Yep, and you get them so so fine. Instead of lying on top of the, the cut lawn, they go down. In, right. into the, they, get, they find their way down. Because uh, last year I, I would have to go out there. The lawn looked like hell, and plus that, and those those large clippings weren't getting back down into the soil. So other key to that as well, and you know this too, Joe, is this time of the year when things are starting to grow pretty heavily, and the same will happen in the fall. You may have to speed up how often you're mowing because with mulching, you don't want to you don't want to mow a lot of height in the blade itself. To your point, Joe, you're trying to get those clippings re you know recut as many times as possible in the deck itself and the way to do that is you know drier grass so shut the sprinkler system off that you know that day before you cut and try to cut at probably no more than what an inch max joe well it's a take an inch off the top you know right. i've got my mower i've got my mower set for about a three inch cut cut height so you know I, it comes up to about yeah, and, and real quick for those of you in colorado i would go three and a half to four joe's lucky they have more moisture there than we have yep. we don't so i would go honestly i'm one of those guys joe put the deck in Colorado as high as you can cut it. I know that's not what a lot of folks like, and they don't like the looks of it, but you'll save money on water by having it as high as possible. Right, because it'll actually shield the dirt and, and the slow down evaporation. That's right. Uh, if, you, if, you're, if you can see the dirt between the, the blades of grass, you're going to lose moisture. 
And then on the topic of... Um, no, real quick, Joe. I know that doesn't look as good. It doesn't look like the golf course, you know, lawn like a lot of guys want. You know, that. let's face it, that really short look does look really good. But folks listening, please trust me in this. It takes a lot more water. It even takes more fertilizer. There's more work involved in keeping it short. You're better off keeping it at that three-and-a-half to four-inch height. You know, three would be the minimum in Colorado, Joe. I'd go three-and-a-half, four here in Colorado. Yeah, I'd go three because, you know, we get rain once or twice. Yeah, you're fine. You don't have an issue yep. that we have. Yep. And on the topic of watering your lawn, we, we covered this last year, but just a reminder for people who may have heard it. If you are on a well, um, it is, if you don't want to burn out your well pump, it is important that you uh, program in on your program or that you program in a rest period uh, between cycles. Because if, once you, if you pump your well bore dry, and just a refresher, as you start, well, first of all, you've got an expansion tank, and unfortunately a lot of the, some homes I've seen on a well have a little, Five gallon, five gallon expansion tank about the size of a five gallon bucket you get from Home Depot, and that is completely not adequate uh, for a sprinkler system. Uh, you want to have a 20, 40, even an 80 gallon expansion tank. And what you want to do is you want to, you don't ever want to get to the point as you pump down, there's a level of water in your well bore, and the pump is is probably 20 or 30 feet down. Uh, below the top of that water but as you start to pump <clears throat> you'll pump that well that level will drop now it does refill just like when you dig a hole in the sand near the ocean if you step mm-hmm. back and wait a right. minute the water will seep into the hole and your your well pipe has perforations in the side but you can actually pump your well bore dry if you're pumping it out faster than it can seep back in and that pump is being cooled and lubricated by that water and if you pump it dry you can burn out your well pump, and now you're looking at ten grand to burn out, you know, to replace your well pump, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how deep. So my recommendation is, if you're going to run a sprinkler system, number one, make sure you have a decent size expansion tank. Two, make sure that expansion tank, that the bladder, there is an inflatable bladder that should have about thirty pounds, actually thirty-five pounds of pressure, I think it is, on that bladder. Sounds right. Yeah. And um, and program in a recovery period. I'm going to say twenty minutes. Uh, between zones, uh, what I rather than do say one 20-minute cycle, I would do a 10-minute cycle on zone one, 20-minute rest. You know, next cycle, and then I would come back and, and next zone, next zone, and then I would come back and do another 10 minutes mm-hmm. on each zone, as opposed to as opposed to trying to do 20 minutes per zone one time, um, because you don't want to run your well pump dry. Good point. And again, folks, those are for. That's for those of you that have irrigation on a well. A lot of you that are on city water, of course, that doesn't apply. Now, I will also tell you quickly, because I did some checking on this for somebody else that I was uh, consulting with earlier in the week. If you live in any of the municipalities here along the Front Range, check to see what your watering, uh, how should I say, rules are, Joe. Uh, Here, like, for example, in Arvada, you can't start watering until May 1st. You can only water three days a week. has to be between certain times of the day. You, know, you guys, you guys know the drill. Typically, folks know that as to where they live. But I would say, Joe, that probably a hundred percent don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably it's probably close to a hundred percent don't. And the other thing people don't do, I've, I see it because I'm I was always up early morning. Um, people turn on their sprinklers, and because they come on at eleven o'clock at night, they never go out and check the sprinkler patterns. Right. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen sprinklers watering driveways. I've seen sprinkler heads where the heads popped off and they're just gushing yep. straight up in the air like a geyser 
um, you can go on your control box and you can you can run a test cycle. Turn them on at, at, in the middle of the afternoon and just run them through a cycle and see. Make sure that all of yeah. Make your adjustments. They up. they those heads will not be that way forever. Things happen. The dirt moves. Mowers run over them. People step on them. Joe, there's all sorts of reasons why they get out of adjustment. Yep, and I've I've yet to have a year uh, down in Larkspur. I was yet to have a year where I didn't have to. No such thing. Yeah, they always need adjusted. I don't know. They Again, you, nothing happened. You know, in my opinion, nothing happened from you know last October. Actually, I watered all the way till uh, New Year's Eve. So you know what happened between New Year's Eve and the first part of April? I have no idea, but stuff does, Joe. It does, right? So uh, turn run your sprinklers if you're getting ready. And now's a good time. You're getting ready to turn them on for the summer. Uh, run them through a test cycle. Look at your window. Make sure they're all yep. a spraying and not gushing. Yeah, walk, you walk your system. That's the best way to do it. Just walk the system. Yep. And, and again, look for gushers. Look for things that are not uh, uh, rotating in the correct arc. You know, you don't want to be – sometimes they get stuck and they just – they won't move. They're just – I'll get a piece of sand or dirt or something in them. Stuff just, stuff just happens. Stuff happens. And um, – so check your sprinklers uh, Good point. now before you get into the middle of summer. Great point, Joe. And by the way, that's something that, I mean, I know even for us on the commercial side, that's something we do about every month anyways. It's just part of the regular service. So really, all of you listening, you should be doing that about once a month all summer long also. Even though yep. you're going to do it this first time, keep doing it. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't hurt once a month ago. Stuff happens. That's right. And stuff happens. It could be just you run over it with a lawnmower. Yep. Your landscaper runs over with a lawnmower. Where you get, as you said, John, you get a, a piece of dirt in the mechanism, yep. and it stops rotating. So. You got it. Joe, as always, that's a joy, man. I appreciate it. Always good stuff. My pleasure, John. Take care. All right, man. Have a great afternoon. We appreciate it. And we'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. If you got a question for us or any comments along those lines of what Joe was just talking about with you know sprinkler startup and all that, we'll get into a little more of that here in a moment as well. But don't go anywhere. This is Fix-It Radio, KLZ 560. Want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years? Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once, and you're good for 30 years. Affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Tired of paying too much interest to own your home? Stop. Learn how to lower your total interest cost, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001, and where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298191, regulated by DORA. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul, your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. 
Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof. But what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. I'm John Rush, host of Drive Radio, Fix-It Radio, and also Rush to Reason. I'm also a business owner and a business coach. Even though I love being on air and talking to all of you on a regular basis, the job I love the most is helping other business owners achieve their dreams. I've helped business owners who have owned a job become actual business owners. I do this through the installation of systems and helping them with their leadership skills so they can truly run their business instead of the business running them. If you're tired of your business running you and you want the freedom you sought in owning your own business, call me for a free consultation. I would love to help you and your business attain the goals you've always had. Go to RushMediaInc.com and send me an email. You can also use the text line 307-200-8222. Stop being a slave to your business and contact me today. All right, and for those of you listening as well, Joe was talking about you know the, the the humidifier and the furnace and the AC and all of that. Right now, Absolute has a $49 tune-up special, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. So if you want that done for you, and frankly, for 49 bucks, it's not worth no. hardly <laughs> dinking with it yourself. So i got to get them out and do mine. Uh, but, yeah, have them out. Have them get things uh, you know tidied up for you. You can find all of their information. Just go to, again, fixitradio.com, $49 AC tune-up. Get yourself ready. I know you're not going to need it the next couple of days, but it was 87 yes. in places yesterday. So it's getting to the point where there will be some times you'll be running it, and uh, other times I know you won't be, but we're getting close enough now that before their busy season hits – Go ahead and get that done. So back to the irrigation side. So, yes, folks, if you've not turned on your sprinkler system, now is the time. And for most of you, this isn't something that you really need to pay to have done. Now, I know a lot of folks pay to have things, you know, blown out and drained in the wintertime. But to turn things back on, you don't have to pay a service to come out and turn things back on. It's a reverse process, but typically it involves making sure that you're your valves, your petcocks, whatever was was opened during that blowout, those just need to be reversed and closed. So you just go out to your backflow valve and make sure that everything is closed. And rule of thumb is a lot of times they'll have little flat-headed screws that you use as there's a little ball valve under that screw is what it is. And if the screw is parallel to the pipe, it's open. If it's perpendicular to the pipe, 
it's closed. So if you notice those screws are are lining up with the pipe, just take a screwdriver and rotate them 90 degrees is all. It'll close those petcocks or those, those ball valves, I should say, and those valves are now closed. Other than that, the rest of the ball valves, you just open up fully, go into the house, wherever you turn on your water to the sprinkler system, turn it on. Do what Joe just said a moment ago, run through a test cycle on your clock, look and see if any of your heads need adjusted, and boom. And check for leaks. You're up and running. It's not that, not that difficult, folks. No, it isn't. <clears throat> but things can freeze over the course of the winter. Stuff changes, as we t- just talked about. That's right. So you want to make sure that you don't have any leaks so water doesn't keep running when you're right. not, not sprinkling. And, and real quick on the clock, typically... Even older clocks, all of those clocks will have a, a, a spot on the dial. Even the electronic clocks have dials. So most of these clocks will have some sort of a dial or a push button, and somewhere on there will either be a manual run or a test on the dial. And just look at the – again, you don't even need a manual for this. It's very self-explanatory on the clock itself, unless it's a really, really, really old clock, which very few of you listening have anything that old. Most everything's been updated by now. Uh, even clocks that are 20 years old will have a test run spot on the clock. And as Joe was saying earlier, typically you can even say how many minutes you want each one of those zones to test. Typically they'll start at a minute, which isn't enough, by the way. Typically for most of you that have, you know, anywhere from five to, I don't know how many zones it can go up to. depends on how, you know, most clocks will handle 16 zones. So it could be one to 16. And if some of you have larger lawns, you might have a couple of different clocks. But bottom line. You want to up that. A minute is typically not enough to do an inspection. Right. I'd run them at five. Right. Typically five minutes on a zone is enough to run through and test. And, again, if you've got five zones, plan on spending about a half an hour doing what I just said because as each zone runs five minutes, you're going to spend that five. Now, you can also go and fast forward through the clock if you want to run back and forth, back and forth. But if you just want to watch where things are at, and this includes even checking – your drip lines, because some of you will have drip lines on the clock as well, and you may not see or hear anything running, but, well, I shouldn't say here. You may not see anything running, but you should be able to listen to the drip and know that it's running. Yep. And then what you want to do there is make sure that the end of your lines, where it's going around the trees, and we've talked to you know Pam Brewster many, many times about this, you don't want that drip line right at the trunk of the tree. You want it out at what they call the drip line of the tree or where the branches extend out. So in most cases, you're going to want that drip line to be out three, four feet, depending upon the maturity of the tree. Typically, at least a couple of feet, even for a young tree, it'll be a foot to two, a mature tree, three to four feet out from the base because you're going to want to water around the outer edges of the ball of the root, you know, the root ball, not up against the trunk itself. Now, you know, shrubs and bushes, that's a little different if you want to water directly towards the roots on most because most shrubs and bushes aren't going to have a root system much more than probably what larry a tenth of the size of the bush i mean depends on the depends on the bush but a lot of bushes rose bushes things like that you know they're going to have a a root ball that's no more than eight to ten inches in diameter at best exactly they're just not going to be that big so in those cases you'd want the drip line to be right at the base of the shrub or or bush or whatever it is you've got on drip and again drip lines are very easy to maneuver around and take care of a lot of times they'll be hidden under rocks and that's personal preference Uh, some people like to hide them some people like to see them on top so you can actually see the water that's running out 
and and a lot of this just comes down to your yard are you you know is it mulch is it rock where are the drip lines at do you want to see them or not see them bottom line make sure they're all clear because again throughout the winter those things as larry said a moment ago they can also get plugged up they'll get all gooey and nasty and they can build up even some some nastiness on the end of the tubes because keep in mind this is a very very the drip lines are very small you know look like a ballpoint pen the opening that the pen is sliding in and out of that's about all the thicker so these are about a 16th of an inch opening is all so it doesn't take much for those to get all you know nastied up they can get dirt mud again depending upon how those drip lines were run and over time things grow expand move the wind we have all sorts of things animals by the way rabbits can chew on some of those drip lines i mean all sorts of things can happen there and you just want to go through the whole system and make sure that everything's good clean and operating well it depends on, on your water supply also if you have a lot of calcium in the water true it, it'll clean them up it, good point. plug them up and, and again, you, you want to make sure, and typically what you're going to look at is, is we call them emitters. That's what kind of pops into the, the, you know, into the T, if you would, of the, of the poly pipe, and there's an emitter at the end. Sometimes there's just a plastic tube running out of the emitter. Most of the time that emitter is like a little valve that's taking the pressure or taking the volume, I guess I should say, Larry, the volume that's going right. through the line. It's decreasing that so that it literally is like a drip. You're not going to see a steady stream right. coming out of that drip line. It's going to be more of a fast drip out of a faucet. Think of it that way. Right. That's what's going to be coming out of that drip line, and you want to make sure those are free and clear. And by the way, a small little you know uh, uh, Phillips screwdriver, toothpick, anything along those lines can clean up some of that outer edges of that, and it's not a bad idea just to poke those and make sure that they're good and clear. A small drill bit. Anything. Yep. Anything along those lines is all you need. Uh, a, a small stick even. I mean, I've used all yep. – I mean, I've been out in the field and used all sorts of things. So a ballpoint pen will clean them as well. So, again, uh, the, one of those things to do as you're going through the rest of the system to make sure things are handled. I'll talk more about that. Jeff, hang tight. I'm going to come right back to you. We'll take a quick break. Jeff in Montana. We'll be right back. This is KLZ 560 Fix It Radio. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof. But what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices 
that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical, heating, and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a 740 or you're financing a condo versus a single family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees? Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate but not reading the small print, only to realize all the extra costs and fees? Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra cost. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. Serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298-191. Regulated by DORA. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Larry Unger. Jeff, you're up, sir. What's going on? Hey, good morning, gents. It's good to see Larry on this side of the glass. (laughs) That's right. I'm, I'm dressed yeah, for radio push, today. Yeah, you dressed for radio? Good. Yeah, I'm dressed for radio. Uh, I uh, I wanted to foot stomp what Joe said uh, and put some numbers to it because one of the things that interested me a long time ago was uh, alternative energy. One of the things that folks had looked at, it, nobody's perfected it yet, is phase change salts. And re- the reason is that when a material changes phase, goes from a solid to a liquid or a liquid to a gas, mm. It takes a lot more energy to do that, uh. and uh, and for ga- for water to go from say sixty three to sixty four uh, degrees Fahrenheit, it takes one BTU, one British thermal unit, to do that one degree of change. But to go from uh, two hundred twelve degrees, or to go from steam or water vapor to water, it takes nine hundred and seventy BTUs. Hmm. 
hmm. to change one pound of, of, of water vapor to one pound of water. Hmm. I didn't know that. So, so yeah, the, so that whole the whole condensation that you're doing with your air conditioner, right. when he said that you're using a lot more air conditioner if you, or uh, a lot more energy if you leave your um, humidifier on, that's why is because that humidity is getting in the air and then you just have to change it back down to water. And it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a tremendous amount more that you're spending. So mm-hmm. if you makes want to save energy bill, turn off your humidifier. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I get it. And, uh, again, that's one of those things that a lot of folks just don't think about. It's there, it's running, it's been running, and they really don't think about it heading into the summer months. No, it's not broke, so why do I need right. to worry about it? Right, exactly. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point, Jeff. I you know again, I appreciate Joe calling in and mentioning that because yeah, we're we're at that time of the year now where just you know your furnace isn't going to run a whole lot more anyways right now. Just turn them off, be done with it. Yep. Yeah, and now if only you had some suggestions for. I have this stupid bird that's been sitting on my car, looking in the window. It's mating season, so I think he thinks it's an, an aggressor, oh. and so he's he's sitting there and bird droppings down both sides of my truck. Uh, just, yeah, those are awful. Suggestions on that. Well, other than sounding the alarm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, other than on on uh, the the varmints, I guess you could call it birds and and what have you. I have had good luck even at my own house with a lot of the electronic devices that scare those things off. Now, does it work for every bird? I'll tell you up front, no, Jeff, it doesn't. But what I have. What I have learned on the birds is if I give them another place to go instead, fountain, bird bath, bird house, bird feeder, whatever, typically they'll congregate there and leave some of the other stuff alone. Now, am I going to eliminate every bird dropping there is? Of course not. But, uh, you know, I have a lot of birds on my place, and I don't have too many droppings. I will say that. I think this is a temporary thing. (coughs) It usually is. I mean, that's typical. But, again, I've had to look good. And for those of you listening, the electronic rodent – uh, keep-away devices, I guess you would call it, or repel devices, are not very expensive. And do they work? At, yes, absolutely, they do. I, I am I am a full believer in them. They do work. Okay. However, you get well, just buy one device you. for the whole house. No, you no, you got to kind of spread them mm-hmm. around. Even outside, what I've learned, though, is there's some really cool solar-powered outdoor devices, Jeff, where... You know, if you've got a particular area of the yard where you're trying to keep certain animals out, rabbits, squirrels, whatever, even birds, you can do that with these devices. In fact, they're motion activated where when one comes near, bird even, it will sound the alarm and it scares them all off. And I've actually had very good luck with that. I'll have to try that on some uh, barn swallows that I have underneath the eaves of my deck. They, you know, I, and again, I, I tried them on a whim thinking, well, are these things going to really work or not? You know. And I got them off of Amazon. They were, I don't know, I think I paid, I don't know, Jeff, I want to say I bought them in a pair. I don't think they were more than 30 bucks for the pair. So, I mean, I figured it was a pretty cheap yep. investment to see if it works. And I literally about wore them out last year. I'll probably buy another new set this year because did they work? Yes, fabulous. They did. Good. I was shocked. I didn't I think they would it. work that well, but they actually did. I was very surprised. 
and they're cheesy. I'll be the first to tell you. <laughs> These things are they're you know they're good for about a season or two, Jeff. At best, they are as cheesy as it gets. But it was the best money I've ever spent trying to get rid of squirrels and varmints and things. You know, I've got some grapevines and things like that. I try to keep the birds and the squirrels out of. Otherwise, they'll just devour them. They'll they'll literally consume all of them as they're starting to ripen up. These things kept them away to the point where I had more grapes than I could give away. Wow. So they work. Consider that for the cherry trees we have here. They they work. I was I was absolutely shocked, Jeff. I didn't think they would. I just sort of tried it on. I've tried everything else. I've netted. Uh, I mean, I've done everything. You, you name it, I've done it all over the years. I don't like to use any kind of spray or anything along those lines to keep them away. But I've tried every other device you could think of. These bloody things worked. Super. See, I learned something today. So well, there you and go. as far as birds go, <laughs> when we had our houseboat, Lake Powell, we had birds that would get on the boat. So we hung an owl. That, that helps. Yeah. And I it, have one that moves, although yeah. they kind of get used to it. You got it. Like you just said a moment ago, too, Jeff, you've got to move those around because if they get used to it and they yes. realize they're not dumb, if they realize it's fake, they'll just they'll, they'll do whatever anyways. Well, if they see the same motion, they're going right. to. And the cool thing about these other ones, Jeff, since they're motion activated, they're not always going off, and they're not working off of an, off of an electronic, uh, you know, keep away. These are these are sounding. There's three different settings. You can make them sound like a a coyote, a fox, and a hawk. I believe. Don't quote me on that because I've got mine set to where they sound like a hawk because squirrels and other birds don't like hawks, and so it'll sound like a hawk when something gets by and the alarm goes off. You say you can get those that are solar-powered? Mine are solar-powered. I don't yep. plug anything into them. Yep. The other Great. thing I used to do is I'd go to the uh, uh, gun stores, whatever, and I would get fox urine yeah. scent yeah. and spray that around. around. the bottom of it or so. Yeah. yeah, the only problem I have with that, Jeff, is I have enough hanging trees where I'd have to spray, you know, like the entire yard because a lot of times the birds and squirrels, they'll just transfer from a tree to a tree, a tree, to, a tree to a tree to a tree and then still end up in the grapevine. So I've got to have something that will literally scare them off, you know, based off motion. Well, and the other problem with the, yeah. with the urine scent is you have to spray it constantly because Correct. the water will wash it away. And These, I literally, Jeff, I put them out at the beginning, you know, I kind of put them out midsummer because the grapes don't start growing until then. I put them out about, I don't know, middle of, middle of July or so last year. And finally pulled them in after, you know, harvest, I guess you could say. And I've still got them. I'll give them another whirl this year and tell you how long they last. But I'm guessing a couple of seasons just from, I mean, they're cheesy. They're all plastic. And, I mean, they're nothing fancy about these things at all. But I figured for the money, if I get a couple seasons out of them, I'm good. Well, in the, in the not sunlight, built, they're not built to mill standards. Uh, they are not built to mill. No, these these are not heavy <laughs> aluminum. You know, now I guess you could retrofit, and but you know, for you know, like thirty bucks, is it worth dinking with? Not really. Yeah, I understand completely. Well, you helped me, and I think you helped a lot of other folks. Hey, they work. But for those of you trying to keep rodents and things out of particular area, garden beds, and so on, yeah, I, I'm a believer. These things work. I, I wouldn't have thought that, but they work. Oopa. All right. Thanks, Jeff, as always. I appreciate it very much. So, yeah, for those of you that are – and it's always – probably should do a show here in the not-too-distant future on the rodent end of things because, man, they can get in everywhere. Another – by the way, I'll, another plug for Dave at RoofMax. If you've got things in the roof where you know these animals are coming and going, they'll be leaving soon. 
Mm-hmm. Now, birds will be nesting, yes. but the rodents will be leaving. Now's the time to make sure things are sealed up because the rodents will be getting out. Now you can seal it up so they can't come back in. We don't want to trap them inside because then it's a stinky, nasty, <laughs> and they can tear things up even trying to get out. So you want them to leave but not come back. And then you also want to make sure you don't have a bunch of bird nests and things in the eaves of the house and things like that. If you've got some of that going on, again, that's where Dave can can come out and help you with that as well. So Dave Hart at RoofMax, I'll give him a plug because there's all sorts of ways you can do you know, wire flashing, just enclose some of those areas where typically they'd be getting in. And, and again, we're not talking about anything that's super, super expensive to do. It's just getting somebody out and on the roof to make it happen. So, all right. Well, the other opening is your dryer vent. True. Good I've, point. I've had birds put nests in my dryer vent, and, of course, it plugs everything up. That's exactly right. So I had to put just a little screen over the front of it. Yep. Keeps, keeps them out. All right. We'll be right back, guys. John, uh, you're next. Don't go anywhere. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years? Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once and you're good for 30 years. Affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Tired of paying too much interest to own your home? Stop. Learn how to lower your total interest cost, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001, and where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio Energy prices are through the roof, but what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. 
For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, Fix It Radio, we're back. Again, if you're listening on Tuesday, thank you very much for doing that. You can ask us questions on Tuesday. Just text us, 307-200-8222. John and Cheyenne, you're next. John, I'm a little disappointed in you this morning. What's that? Are you turning into an old sissy that's going to retire to Florida? A little wind is Oh, jeez. Yeah, this stuff is killing me, John. Hate it. You, you know, I've always discussed... I know the wind's bad when my dog doesn't want to stay outside. Oh, I know. I know. And I got a, I got an outside dog. He was bred to be out with the, with the herd. Yeah, he so. doesn't like it, then it's bad. Yeah. But the other thing I'm a little disappointed is you're encouraging lawn care, which I understand if people have them. But shouldn't we, as conservatives, be encouraging more xeriscape and less water waste? I don't know. I I hate zeroscape just yep. personally. I despise it. I know. It take it takes I mean, more labor to take care of that than the grass. Right, but how much water are we using on lawns when we're in a drought? Well, that's you know, you bring up a great point, although I'm one of those that believes that water still is good for the environment. It cools things off. It evaporates, turns back into rain. I mean, the reality is the earth itself doesn't have any less water than it did, you know, 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 years ago. So, I, honestly, John, I, it doesn't bother me at all. Okay, because, well, you know, I look at it this way. I'm on a well, and I don't have a lawn, but I live out in sure. the middle of nowhere. But I don't waste that well water on watering things. I got two rain barrels, 55 gallons. And See, I we can't do that, that here. No. That's illegal here. Yeah. How? It's only illegal if they catch you. Well, that's true. But, I mean, it, and <laughs> by the way, I don't think it should be. I think you should be able to collect that and reuse it and do the things that you're talking about. I think that's a very you know, wise thing to do. Now, am I, a, am I a fan of watching guys water and have it just run down the storm drain, which, again, goes into the river. I get it. But, you know, John, I'll be honest with you, and this is something that probably should talk about even during the week. We just went through Earth Day. What was that, yesterday or so, I guess? it Was, was it yesterday, I think? Um, if people really, and this just shows you the political landscape of things, if people were really concerned about the Earth, we would have laws that require every property owner 
to take care of their parking lot. What I mean by that is sweeping, taking care of it. If there's anything that needs cleaned up, cleaning it up. If you look at some of these parking lots and how absolutely filthy, dirty they are, knowing that all the silt and junk that's on that lot runs right into a local storm drain. If people really cared about the earth, John, we'd fix that. But we don't because we only do what's politically great. Well, it's not only that. Look at, look at all the trash that blows around with this, the wind exactly. we've had. And, and, by, and I'm a guy, by the way, that does that for a living, so I know very well how many parking lots get taken care of and don't get taken care yep. of. And again, if the Earth lovers really, really were about this seriously, they'd have things along those lines that would require owners to take care of their property, but there's nothing out there like that, John. Right, and what gets me nuts the most is the guy that won't take a broom, but he'll take the hose and hose everything into the storm drain correct and waste 100 gallons correct. of water correct and i know when i lived back east in hadalon we had a separate meter for uh watering because they didn't charge you for the sewer oh. what went through that meter. Oh, okay because you weren't sure to the sure sewer. makes sense yeah if they would require a separate meter for watering you could more adjust because i know from the fact I had a – somebody gave me this when I first bought my house. It was called Long Care for the Lazy, and I followed it religiously, and my neighbors used to get mad because I had the nicest lawn on the block, yeah. and I did yep. absolutely nothing. But I did do what you and Joe did. Lawnmower set at the highest setting yep. once, twice a week. Yeah, not, some of this isn't rocket science, and, and that's why yeah. really, John, for me – Personally, I, I'm not worried about the bluegrass. There's enough other benefits that come out of it and the cooling aspects of it and so on that really are environmentally friendly that, again, nobody really ever talks about. But I also know that some folks have no clue how to take care of that, and there really needs to be some lessons on that, to your point. I used to water once a week deeply, you know what I mean, at 5 o'clock in the morning yep. because I read a whole bunch of different things. That yep. water you, well, you're encouraging root east. growth when you do that is what you're doing. Makes yep. it healthier. Yeah. Well, and they said watering back east at night with the humidity was bad for your lawn because it would grow fungus because yes. it would dry oh, out. Yeah, yeah, that's an issue back there, sure. We don't have that here, as you know. Hey, John, i got to call you during drive radio. i okay. got a question. All right, sounds great. Call Talk me back. I'm going to squeeze Bill in here before the top of the hour. Bill, go ahead, sir. Hey, I missed it. What were you talking about? Solar powered what? Oh, uh, predator. Uh, you know, predator repellers is probably the best way to say that. Will it work on my neighbor's dogs? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Dogs and cats, no. No, just birds and squirrels and things like that. Okay, I'll be calling you back during the car show. Too. Okay, sounds great. I'm pissed off. Anyway. All right, Bill. Appreciate it very much. Yep, we'll be at Drive Radio here in just a few minutes, or if you're listening on Tuesday, Rush to Reason comes up next. But, Larry, you know, I think John brought up a great point, and, you know, I by no means am encouraging just water wasting. I realize water is a precious resource. I get that. Uh, although, I will tell you that if we worried as much about some of the other things that there are to worry about, i.e. what I just said in regards to the silt and things that run off of parking lots and even, you know, folks that, you know, do, you know, car repair at home and let the antifreeze run down the storm yep. drain and on and on we go. If we'd worry as much about some of those things as we did some of the things that, frankly, are not beneficial, it's just more of a power grab than anything else, you know, carbon tax and the like, if we really would strengthen some of these other areas that really would, at the end of the day, benefit all of us, the planet included, 
then then I'd know people are serious about this. But all the rest of this mumbo jumbo that goes on, nope. it's just a feel good. It makes people feel good. It takes money out of one and gives it to another. At the end of the day, it's not helping the planet at all. There are ways you could help the planet. And, and you just keeping things cleaner around your place outside is one of those ways, by the way. But frankly, Larry, we don't encourage that end of it. No, we don't. And, and it's unfortunate. We're very reactionary. We're never on the front side of this right. stuff. Even John's point, you know, teaching people how to grow grass properly, what you need to do in that area so that you're not wasting a bunch of water, resources, fertilizer, and the like. Joe started it all off just by the mulching end of things. There's so many things folks that do have grass could do. And am I a grass fan? Yes. I mean, I I love grass. I'm not a Xeroscape fan at all. It takes as much uh, time, effort, energy, and chemicals to take care yes. of xeroscaping as it does to take care of grass. And some of those chemicals can be very, very harmful. What I mean by chemicals is you've got to keep the weeds and junk down. Yes. I don't care how much <clears throat> weed barrier you put down. What happens is over time, even with that weed barrier down, dust, we've we got all this wind blowing right now, yep. all of that will blow junk on top of the rocks, and it doesn't take a lot of dirt for a weed to start growing. No, and it and, fills right through the rocks. And, it, and it'll come right through. So once that gets started, really, I mean, you can try to pull it. You can try to do everything you want. I've been down that path. And no, the organic stuff is garbage. It doesn't work for beans. You've got to use some sort of a chemical to kill those weeds. Well, back to the point a moment ago, I'd rather water grass, mow and take care of that end of it, which I think, by the way, is healthier for the earth itself than spraying all those chemicals in the rock beds to keep the rocks clean and keep the weeds down. And no, I'm not a fan of just letting weeds grow either. Well, and the sad part is when you put pesticides on the rocks to keep the weeds from growing, when it rains... That it's pesticide goes off. right down the drain. Yep, yeah, that's down right. Gutters and- so, again, I, that's where I am a bigger fan of just, you know, doing things natural. I am a grass fan. I think if you do grass correctly, you can end up with things just as well. Now, there's also all sorts of different types of grass, which we we'll probably get into here in the near future, where John's at up in Wyoming, for example, the buffalo grass or the, the field grass, you could say up there, prairie grass, way different than bluegrass. Yes. Uh, am I somebody that says you should have, you know, bluegrass everywhere? No, there's a time and a place for it. And again, all of it can be handled. But, you know, it always cracks me up when we have all these watering restrictions for houses, which I'm not saying we shouldn't, but we will. And yet I can look out the window here to the west and see golf courses all over town, which I know they're using irrigated water and they've got water rights typically and things like that. Or a lot of them are city owned and they just let the the, you know, city water, you know, water that as well. Uh, Again, what's the priority? What really matters and it will tell you whether or not they're really out to save the earth, or is this more about power and control at the end of the day? What I just said pretty much defines that. So Can't disagree a bit. My own two cents. But anyways, we'll be back. Drive Radio's coming up next. If you're listening on Tuesday and uh, you're listening to Fix It Radio on Tuesday, we'll be back at Rush to Reason here in just a few minutes. But it is Saturday. Drive Radio's coming up next. Steve Horvath is going to walk in here in a moment from Geno's. Larry's going to switch over and start answering phones. Call us now if you want to get in on Drive Radio, 303-477-5600. Otherwise, we'll be right back. This is KLZ 560.